0: It's the Diltcast episode 493, 15 Inches of Coffee.
1: This week, guys, we talk Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghosts of (laughs) Tsushima, Monster (laughs) Hunter Rise, and Demon Souls. Stay tuned.
2: Nobody gets that name right the first time. Tsushima. Tsushima. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's all over my fingers. It's the cast, and we're that back. What she said, "All <laughs> over my fingers." Oh my god! <laughs> it is nine thirty-four,
0: <laughs> Friday, January twenty-eighth. It's an m show. I'm Nas. I'm, I'm Jason. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rusty, and with the three of us, you're going to get an indeterminate amount of time of bullshit. Bullshit. Um, some games and some news, maybe. Um. Yeah, it's a uh, episode three of uh, third episode of season
2: thirteen.
0: Yes. How do you feel? Got one. A uh, one Jason remote. One rusty local.
2: Yes, because somebody wanted me to get the fuck out of the house. I mean that, and I don't have a good microphone home. So.
0: Yep. So I had to get you out of the house. Hmm. Jason's over there. Playing with the virtual D&D screen.
1: Balls. Oh, well, you know. Balls. Have to have some way to eliminate my background. And uh, Balls. I've been playing around with OBS and In- NVIDIA's new NVIDIA broadcast software, which amazingly does virtual green screen better than anything OBS can do.
2: Yeah... Do you hear it? I hear it.
1: What did you just do, though?
2: I don't know what I did. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything at all. I swear. No. Okay, so, we have been fighting the static demon. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know where it's
0: coming from and the house is exceptionally dry, so I wonder if there's actual static somewhere.
2: Uh, Possible. Um, It could be coming from...
1: in a room full of blankets.
2: Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. yes true yes we are with carpet carpet and and i just basically ran through the house that's why i'm winded uh (laughs) but uh yeah uh now it's gone that's weird i didn't do anything i swear i swear it's static i like Uh, i think static i think maybe i think maybe that's uh, that's what it is we are fighting the literal static demon um and it's very possible that there will be a little we, bit of... When you get to static. break,
0: I may actually bring a humidifier in here and like run it to try to counteract. Do
2: you have a humidifier? I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm i pretty sure that my fingertips would just drink it out of the air. <laughs> yeah, I do have humidifiers. humidifier, so I'll bring it when we get to break. Okay. But, yeah, it's uh,
0: it feels good to be done with the Game of the Year.
2: It does. It does. That- I feel like... Every year is like, oh my God, this is a big thing.
0: So I'm not all that egotistical, but I do proof this stuff in my spare time, which really means I just kinda work our own podcast into our podcast rotation just to see. hmm. Make sure it didn't come across anything didn't come across as crazy or dumb. Mm-hmm. And I felt like uh I think we did all right.
2: Twelve years of doing twelve years of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Per- pretty all right. We did okay. I think we did I can tell from the length of the episodes and how much uh how much editing has to go into it whether or not we did okay. We did pretty okay. I feel like there are 2 hour episodes. Yeah, they were they were. Th- this was probably one of our shortest. Uh most Game focused, we
0: figured out that Jason has to monitor that or has to has to uh
1: what the fuck do you call it? Uh, moderate. That? Moderate, yeah. Mm-hmm. The words. And I only Maybe moderated for two thirds of it.
0: Yeah. Like, as much as I respect the Bombcast, they have the longest fucking game of the year podcast in the entire industry. Um, and it's fun to listen to. Well,
1: yeah, but they're usually like three or four parts, aren't they?
0: They're are multiple parts, but yeah, it's usually like 18 to 20 plus hours of podcast for game of the year deliberations.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. Well, they,
0: have, they do have more categories, and they get paid to do it, and, and so they play more games. Yeah, that's right.
2: They probably play more games. That's right. I, we I didn't...
0: Uh, and it's fun uh, to listen to those because you get a mini-review uh, for... well, you get a, almost a full review for, like, 300 games listening to that. Um, for us, I felt like we did a good job of summing up our thoughts on that and giving final scores for everything. Rusty to... You over there crying? <laughs> Uh, i see what you did there
2: uh, it's up to you uh, if you want to explain
0: uh
2: uh yeah, so i wear finger condoms uh <laughs> i uh uh i have very very dry fingertips and uh i i've been wearing uh Latex finger cots, which basically look like fing- you know, look like little miniature fucking finger condoms. Uh I while uh, aggressively petting Lola, uh one of them tore the 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 fucking cockering off of it, and I just uh <laughs> I just snapped that off of my finger and it was like snapping a rubber band against your fucking hand, and that hurt like a bitch. Anywho, uh, um, that was mildly entertaining. Oh, <laughs> just because of the look of pain on my face, I'm sure.
0: So, um. one of the things that, and then I'll just kind of just bleed in around the table a little bit. Um, mm. Been doing a lot of stupid redecorating. Um, I've got a uh, a nerd wall for
2: cups. Been ordering lots of mugs, mugs or, or bugs. Bugs. bugs, bugs. Okay, sounded very much like bugs. I don't, do, I don't do
0: bugs. You don't do bugs? No. But I found... So there's a lot of different places. So if it was a really small game, I would order it direct from the manufacturer, right, if I could find it. Like, I am actively looking for a Seven Days to Die mug. Um, they had them, but they keep selling out. And they're, like, huge 15-inch coffee mugs with, like, a red insert and a black, you know, like a black not-square logo on the outside, which is kind of nice. But uh yeah, I've been on uh Etsy of all places because Etsy has really large mugs and I really like large coffee mugs. Um I always feel cheated when I have like an eleven inch coffee mug or eleven ounce coffee mug because it doesn't feel like you got enough and you like chug it and it's gone. Like fifteen inches is kinda like the or fifteen ounces, I keep saying inches.
2: Fifteen ounces is like fifteen inches of coffee.
0: Fifteen inches of coffee. <laughs> wow um <laughs>
2: it's a big coffee mm.
0: it's a big mug you got there sir <laughs> it's very very voluptuous uh, <laughs> but yeah like <laughs> i found a witcher mug that's hand that's hand painted and looks really good i can show you on break mm-hmm. um i was looking for some lord of the rings stuff right that franchise needs no more money so i do not mind ordering handcrafted lord of the rings mugs <laughs> right got a xcom mug in the mail. Um, XCOM is also not a franchise that's suffering. <laughs> um, let's see, what else did I get? I found myself an archer mug, right? Oh my God. That tail. That tail against the wall here. I spent money figuring out what kind of dog Lola is. I noticed that. Um, he got is... an
2: ancestry.com of his dog. Not for me, for my dog. It
0: cost me 120 bucks. <clears throat>
2: 20 um, bucks to find out what your
0: dog was made of. I had to swab her mouth. Let me tell you, swabbing that dog's mouth was near impossible. It says I, put a, the q tip thing in the little pockets in her cheeks. Every time I do that, she'd like look at me and then just turn her head. I do it to the other side. She'd look at me, turn her head. And like I try to get her to be still. She'd wag her tail. Then she'd start bouncing all over the room. I just hold it there. It's like, all right, I'm coming for you. It's like airplane. And then I start getting close and she's like, fuck you. And she starts like getting zoomies and running all over the house. It's funny because it says hold it in her mouth for like 30 seconds. How do you hold a thing in her mouth? I'm I- not, I can't just like clamp her head. Um, so anyways, it was just multiple swabs until I felt sufficient. So we did this for like half an hour before I got the swabs.
2: So, so, so what was the, uh, what was the result um, not boxer, not well, not boxer. I could have told you that. Um, so
0: I don't need to necessarily get the exact exact, but basically, basically like eighty six something percent, like eighty percent, eighty two percent pit bull. Uh huh. Eighteen percent cocker spaniel. I think I think she gets the cocker spaniel from you. Um. Well, and it also <laughs> does like a dog ancestry. Yes. So you know, not naming specific dogs, but it says her primary appearance was a full blood pit with a pit mix with a spaniel. But that spaniel mix is like two generations back. And the only thing I can figure for the spaniel, because she is a very short haired dog, is just the size. She is a micro dog. Um, she's got some strength to her, but she's like, 45 to 50 pounds. 50 pounds when she's little chicken and rice fat. Um, Which she is right now. She's chicken and rice fat. Are
2: you chicken and rice fat? Are you a fat bitch? Come on. (laughs) No. No, she's she's not ready. Are you not ready? Are you not ready?
0: She's been assaulting
2: Rusty now for about uh, 30 minutes. I know. I can't. I can't ever come do this podcast without being assaulted with love from this dog. Like, literally every time. I know, you love me so
0: much. But that brings me to my next point, is uh, Rusty is Lola's She's primary... swabbing
2: my face right now. Uh, I have no problem getting her DNA all over my cheek.
0: <laughs> She's, uh, so Rusty is Lola's primary godfather. (laughs) I guess. I kind of fell into this position, but it's
2: okay. um,
0: So I bought a whole bunch of concert tickets (sighs) that I have to travel for that I very specifically looked for weekend tickets so that, because I know Rusty goes nowhere most of the time. (laughs) I play video games. And I figure that she'll just stay
2: with Uncle Rusty. Yes.
0: So she gave me the opportunity to get out of the house, but yeah, and, I got,
2: and, and I will get lots of very little short white hairs all over the place. I spent, like, a my, decent
0: amount of money on concert tickets on my jacket. So,
2: a I bunch am, of, I'm about 10, 10% Lola now.
0: Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure, I don't know exactly how much I spent, but me and John got Megadeth tickets, which I haven't seen them since I was six. Right. We got tickets for High Lung, which was like sixty bucks. We got I got tickets for and this is not, nothing nobody around the table likes, but except for me. I got tickets for Cannibal Corpse and um which I've actually never seen. And uh Revocation, which I've also never seen in Dallas, which is gonna be a weekend trip. Um I got tickets for Inferi and Archspire, which um is fucking only like twenty five dollars. Jeez. Um <laughs> But that's in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and then I got tickets for Meshuggah. And I've got, like, my super old concert crew who were older than me back then, which are much older than me now, that want to go see that with me, in Dallas in October as well. So there are two weekends in Dallas that I will not be doing the show and I will be in uh, in, uh
2: yeah. yeah you were going to be indisposed. I, I, and yes, you're going to be um, meddling. Yes.
0: Um, highly recommend if, you, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, look up the light show for Mashuga. The light show guy does it all live, it's not pre programmed. He literally looks kind of like a keyboard that he has, and he does a bunch of odd polyrhythms to the lights. It looks really fucking crazy. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. So, for the live experience is great. Not only are they a super tight band, like, like it's better than the record live, which is the whole reason I want to see them again because I haven't seen them since like 2004. Um, yeah, the light show is fucking insane.
2: Time, man, time, time still goes on.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um,
2: 2004 was a long time ago, man.
0: <laughs> I know these guys have been around since the 90s. Right, they're fucking legends. Just, just saying but um yeah i've been hanging up all sorts of nerdy shit all around the house i've got a bunch of fucking frames i got that dark souls canvas dark souls, uh, dark souls. which feels pretty fucking cool um and a bunch of quote unquote semi fine art prints of different gaming media it's it's pure birth control in here
2: it's fine i think it's perfect but then again <laughs> <laughs> just gonna i've already hey, hung hey, my man. head i'm just never getting laid again that's all right that's whatever you're, you know I, I sent you a picture of what my date likes uh, date night's like so uh <laughs> my left hand and two tubs of bag balm
1: <laughs> jason uh yeah.
2: what have you been up to
1: i've been uh aside from from work and just dealing with the kids' schedules, I managed to squeeze in uh, some Valhalla, Valhalla. about it. No, well, that's not bad. I, uh, there's other news,
0: so what by with the time we do our next podcast, he will have done his first game session with my game crew. Um but we'll we'll be doing it Friday night before the podcast. So we'll be doing a oh, yeah. custom game. It's uh custom D and D kinda. Um, Jason will be able to tell me talk more about what's different about it. It's the same thing I'm used to, so I won't know the difference between that and D anD. d But when we do it next, talk about it next week, he can tell us what's what's different about that versus D anD. d But it's a custom (coughs) campaign based in the semi near future, and we're all essentially like creatures with power or characters with powers of sorts. I've got an undiscovered power plus flight. Jason, you had energy, lightning, essentially. All
1: bioelectrics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Jason's kind of like, and he rolled some stupid stats. So Jason rolled near max stats on like four or five different items. So like Jason's a fucking tank, tank boy. Um, Matt's, Matt's a werewolf. So Matt's been on the show a few times. He's a werewolf. Of course. Um, Me and John both have the undiscovered power thing, so Dave's going to let us know what that is at some point in the campaign. But for now, I have flight. That's what I have. Flight.
2: Super powerful farts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, he has different categories, like flight with wings. It's, or like a flight that's like, remember like old Superman, he just basically leaped great distances? Yes. He's got a version of flight kind of like that and then there's flight like mine which is like rogue or the human torch or something like that where you just supernaturally fly i guess
2: okay yes also known as powerful farts um oh. yes the uh, uh the that that's a, that that sounds very much like a um oh gosh what is that it's a, you know like a city of heroes style um
0: yeah, it's kind of like, we played City of Heroes a million years ago, didn't we? Maybe. I played it a long time ago. I played that in City of Villains. But yeah, you kind of like customize and create a character like that, right? Right. And we did ours in like a post-nuclear, not nuclear, but Dave's idea was neutron bombs. So like a post-neutron bomb society. And we're scavengers of a sort. We don't really know each other Um. Like the highest level of education is me and Matt at a high school education, and then John has oh. a elementary level education.
2: Oh, well, I mean, he knows his ABCs.
0: <laughs> oh, did you get the you high school know, education? I went to med school.
2: You went to med school?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's because Jason had the most most skill points too, so he had the skill points to spare for that. Um, but yeah, like last before we started last week, before we did our game of the year, and we weren't really talking about anything life. Me and Jason spent about. I don't know, what an hour and a half creating your character sheet?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we had uh, Dave on the phone. We're just kind of getting them all set up. We got them in the gaming crew group so that we can get all of our shit together. And Jason's ready to go to get some uh, old school gaming on. Although, I was telling Rusty this earlier, Jason. It's like two-thirds game, so just be prepared. It's it's one-third bullshit and two-thirds game as all... D&D games should be pretty much
1: when is I start saying when is it not
2: <laughs> I don't know I mean I as wouldn't... long
1: as it's as long as it's not the uh, three quarters bullshit uh, one quarter game like it was with my daughter and her friends I'm good right well
0: your daughter's merely a teenager so that makes sense
2: uh, well I'm surprised you were able to get them around a the table yeah that um, part's kind of a <laughs> modern marvel in its own right <clears throat> I would love to actually get into, um, like, a uh, a modern 5e, you know, game. You know, that would be fucking grand. Uh, I haven't actually sat down and played D&D uh, as a player um, since fucking second edition. Uh, so that's that's been fucking, you know, mid-80s to, you know... M- early 90s you know so second edition came out right around that time uh and i was that was second edition being AD uh with thako
0: <clears throat> well if you suddenly start working days
2: if i suddenly start work uh, start becoming a daywalker yeah. Never gonna happen. We'll you we'll um, into the game. Yeah, never gonna happen.
0: But that brings me to one other point that I was talking to Rusty a little bit about and I was I'll just be honest, Jason, lying to you. The computer was warmed up. Me and Rusty were going over game tables. Yeah. Um, weird figured. <clears throat> we were talking game tables and uh, so dad's gonna come over here on Sunday. We're gonna game plan a little bit, but I had all sorts of different ideas. There's uh there's one that has a pretty decent concept on its face. So if you look up Wormwood game tables, it, that'll give you a good idea. But essentially the idea is you have a, a dice pit right in the middle of your table. And you have the table that top that goes over that. So you pull off the table top. And they have a rail system on the sides where you can put cup holders and dice holders and phone holders and all sorts of shit. And Rusty's like, yeah, you just create a lip and you just like poke the top part of the lip underneath the lip on the table. And then, you know, gravity does its has its way with it that rests against the table. You can slide it around, move it around. doesn't... Because I had thought, I'll just do a big hinge right. where I can put shit and you're like, no, 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 no. There's there's a better way to do this. And mm-hmm. Dad has a router so we could absolutely route out an edge. Yep. Just an L-shaped groove is all you need. And then create that... The harder part will be creating the custom holders of things.
2: The um, the part that goes into the... Um, into that groove, you know... It it, can it be, could be a piece of hardware too. It could be a piece of hardware. It could be a piece of metal, it could be like um, an L channel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that would definitely work. In fact, you know, you could just get a an L shaped piece of bracket and then screw that onto whatever you know whatever wood piece that you want to have, and it would slide around perfectly fine in there. Uh, that would work great. Actually, it would be. Uh, a lot more durable than routing out a piece of wood. I'm just more of like... It's more, to me, ha- adding extra metal to a woodworking thing. It's just... I understand that you're getting extra structural integrity, but it's like more of a spoke if it's all wood. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: Well, my dad <clears throat> is a semi-carpenter, and what I mean by that is he can make his own trim and do stuff like that, right? He does home remodel shit in windows and doors and has all these tools. And when I talked to him about it, he seemed really excited. He's like,
2: oh, we could do a woodworking project. That would be awesome. In fact, I just think that would be great for you guys.
0: Yeah. And Dad's getting older, so, like, this would be a really good thing to do. And then hopefully build something really fucking sturdy. And when Dad leaves, like, that'll be something to be like, I remember I made that table with that kind of thing, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. And it would – that's why I said <clears> – <throat> Don't cheap out of the materials. I I know you you kept you know you kept saying something about plywood and this. I'm like, don't do plywood. Just don't. I, I'm telling you right now. Go all in on the good woodwork at least for the pit. Like you can do whatever you want for the top, uh, but eventually you're going to want one good solid top uh, for the table. But the base that frame. That pit, that you know, the the pit and the you know the groove for the rail system, you're going to want that in solid wood, and you want that to be as sturdy as possible because that's going to that's going to be the thing that lasts. You can always redo the top, but you you want the pit to be you know well, very sturdy. Well, if I
0: get super fancy with it at some point, like I could uh pay Trent to do some etching or something into it
2: yeah well i mean at that point you just go for you know like a custom top from him and i think that would work you know that would do custom top and then do like maybe you know the custom rail inserts so that you can have you know stuff that sits in there like those the the little dice cups that i that you can you know that you see that could sit into those uh into that groove system uh can be detailed uh, you could do all kinds of stuff with the cup holders, and you know, and cell phone holders, and all kinds of shit. It would, it would be really cool. Like, um, the idea of a game table is really, really awesome. They're just really expensive if you go and buy them online. They're yeah, like I'm fucking not, two or three thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, like Jason, we were looking at some of this shit, and like, so. My buddy TJ and an old friend of mine, Dustin, were talking about it. And Dustin had been watching, following this, dice, this game table idea for a long time because he's another guy that plays, you know, D&D. And uh, he was showing me these like, yeah, I've been following this Kickstarter forever. He's like, it's like one of the coolest things. And then he started giving me ideas like I could even do magnetic rails and all sorts of shit. And I started looking at rare earth magnets. Think like me and you were last week were looking at rare earth magnets that would hold like 60 pounds.
2: Yes. <laughs> this dude put uh, was like I I was too tired of having this, you know, ha- having his fucking uh, cordless drill charger slide down his <laughs> wall, so he put like eight of these fucking rare earth magnets that all hold 60 pounds a piece and <laughs> and he puts it on there and just like slams I on mean, it. Me and you could probably stand on that thing. Pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty fucking crazy. Um yeah, it's a little much for your table. I'm I'm gonna go out. The, uh, on I may a limb. I may
0: put a couple in there to hold it in place, kind of thing.
2: I I like the idea of doing. Um, the only thing about the really strong rare earth magnets is that it can fuck around with uh you know with electronics if you decide to put anything you know near them. Um, so doing a couple of those on like the corners to keep the tabletop in place, I think that's a great idea because the corners, probably nobody's going to be sitting at a fucking corner, right? Um, so that would be really cool to have some really strong magnets that hold the tabletop in place. Um, but you don't want to have, so many of those really strong rare earth magnets that it requires six men and a fucking boar to actually move that fucker off of the top, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, I I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see how this works out for you as a project because once you have it, once you have that done, you have a plan for it. And if you can refine it down to something that's like, you know, fairly like straightforward to do the market is there for three thousand dollar gaming tables i'm just saying
0: <laughs> i mean me and dad do it in a day be like dad we can sell these for
2: 1200 bucks a pop right You know. <laughs> so yeah i mean it's probably not going to be done in a day if i had to guess if you know if
0: well, between staining and everything else, we'd probably have to cut everything and see how it all fits together. Some of the and- things
2: need to be glued together, and yeah, you know, and if depends on if you decide to do dovetails and all of the extra joint work that you you know you would need to do for cabinetry. Um, yeah, it, it, it could take a couple of days uh, just to get everything you know glued maybe together. Probably one properly. of
0: those like Sunday projects where me and him just kind of dick around with it.
2: And like it. you could probably do maybe two. You know, if he was to. If you was to go through and just cut the lumber two specifications on you know, on one weekend and then just every weekend just do a step in the process. At the end of the freaking month, you could have like maybe three or four of those fucking tables just lying around ready to go. Uh and and uh <laughs> yeah, that's like two grand sitting right there, you know. Extra money—that would be really cool and a, a really cool income idea. Besides, people like me would actually buy one. Um, not that I play a lot of games like that, but I might. Um, I don't know. You know, later on, I like we're the idea the, of we're
0: the, see what the journey, how this journey takes us, because there's a lot of little things to figure out on how it works. But I've got a really good idea of what to do right now.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, even if you was to go with an epoxy top at the top, you know, afterwards, that would be really, you know, really cool. Those are strong as fuck, and uh, you know, they are they are really, you know, rather heavy. But once you get, uh, once you get it set up, it's That'd gonna look fucking
0: great. Yeah, like uh, probably weigh about two hundred and fifty pounds. Well,
2: it depends on how thick you want to do the uh, the epoxy top. The thing about I mean, if you make it too th- the epoxy top's too thin. They tend to bow. That's why you see them like maybe an inch and a half thick at minimum. Yeah, uh, or so, those resin
0: tops. Like those things are fucking crazy too. Yeah,
2: but I mean, you can do things like, you know, lay out fucking pennies, uh, you know, and have like your own little fucking treasure hoard underneath epoxy, right? I don't know. Uh, just things like that. That's, that's the uh, kind of uh, unique. Um, the unique kind of stuff that you can't find, you know, at any shop, right? You have yeah. to, you know, you make that shit and that's going to be like one of a kind, you know, <clears throat> it's really cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out because depending on how easy or hard that is, um, I, I, I might commission one, um, then I would have to actually have people over, and that oof, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have to rethink about this. Oof, people, Ugh. <laughs> did, you Anywho. It,
0: did you do anything interesting this
2: week? No, uh, me, uh, I mean, come on, me, interesting, come on. Uh, I have, uh, I, I it was just today, but I mean, I, I saw something pop up on, you know, on my fucking, uh, Amazon Prime that I absolutely, absolutely fucking blew my mind. Um, the, the Legend of Vox Machina, uh, popped up on Amazon Prime oh, today. yeah,
0: I hadn't, I hadn't looked at that, I just was trolling you earlier today. Oh, dude. Rusty posted it's something great. at, like,
2: six o'clock. Yeah.
0: Which is unheard of, since he usually wakes up about eight o'clock. Yeah,
2: I, uh, I woke he, up at about three this, you know, three today, so... Yeah. Um <clears throat> so Rusty posted in <throat> our secret group at like six o'clock and was like, Does this mean you're
0: coming early? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well we sad. didn't
0: start till later, but that's all right. That's fine. You're you're not angry.
2: Uh no, I'm not angry because I've actually had time to wake up and you know, accept my my role in life. Um anywho, uh the Legend of Ox Machina. If you've ever heard of a little show called Critical Role and a person named Matt Mercer, um uh, you probably understand what Vox Machina is. Um, but if you are not, uh, if you do not, uh, Critical Role is a you know is a youtube D and D campaign. It was uh a bunch of you know bunch of people got together, did a D and D campaign. Matt Mercer is probably one of the best DMs I've ever seen. Um most DMs try to emulate him as much as possible. He's got a very wide range of voices that he does for his characters. Uh and he is but able he's to...
1: a fucking voice actor. Yeah,
2: he's a voice actor, but um you know, he does he, he keeps <sighs> it's, it's it's like if you wanted to ever have a DM, you want him <laughs> or somebody just like him. Um I Honestly, have not watched much of Critical Role. I am I'm familiar with it. Um and I'm familiar with Matt Mercer. I've seen a couple of the, you know, couple uh, sessions uh with uh with Matt actually DMing and that was it was good food for thought when I was deci- you know deciding whether or not I wanted to do you know, to DM again. Um because it's you know he takes a unique approach to things. Um, but long story short, uh, it's basically every D and D player's dream come true to have their characters realized in some other form uh, oh, art so form. It's,
0: it's his campaign on a TV show.
2: It is. It is Vox Machina is the group name. That's you know the the characters. Yeah, your I had name.
0: I had no frame of reference in your post, and I was like, oh, it's just anime bullshit. No,
2: it, well, it looks very anime, but it actually plays out. Um, it's uh, it's that Western anime style. It's more cartoon than anime. Um, but uh, it's very, very geared towards adult uh adult people. <laughs> it's very adult um the 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 very first scenes have to do with the uh uh the gnome bard you know getting it on um <laughs> it's it's very adult um it is a very very truthful you know faithful uh, representation of uh you know of uh uh, of basically adult D&D. <laughs> It really it, it's uh, every time i go back and think about all the characters that i've played i would love to have a movie or a show or a cartoon or something of their exploits and this group ended up getting that and having like some pretty damn good voice actors come, you know, come and actually back them up and uh, and do you know voice acting work for the you know for the characters. Uh, there's only three episodes at the moment, but uh, it it was a Kickstarter campaign for uh, for you know getting it up off the ground, and Amazon ended up picking it up for the last you know they kickstarted ten episodes, um, Amazon picked it up. And added two more. So there'll be twelve episodes of the first season. Uh, and then before it even aired, Amazon had renewed it for a second season. So <laughs> uh, so the first few uh, first two episodes basically is the introduction to the characters, uh, so that it's not a cold open. Um, but it's uh, it, it is a very good introduction to the world. Uh, and what kind of show it is. Uh, I think it's a really strong introduction. Uh, and then the, uh, the third episode is actually the start of the actual campaign that the players played on Critical Role. Uh, and it's that I think is what's gonna make this unique is that you can go back and watch the Critical Role uh, campaigns. They're like three hour long freaking episodes on YouTube and it's just like, it's, it's like watching somebody play D and D cause that's exactly what it is. Um, but, but they're all voice actors.
1: So it's fairly entertaining. It is
2: very entertaining. It, it, it is very, very entertaining. Um, and, uh, you know, just being able to go back and see where it came from and where it shows up on, you know, you know, in the animation, uh, they keep a lot of the gags together Um, uh, so there's, there's a bunch of really cool references to the, you know, to the characters and it's, it's awesome to see characters realized, uh, you know, in, in a form of art. And that is, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more. This is a really, really good show. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, I, I started watching it yesterday and it's, it's pretty top-notch.
2: It's got, like, a perfectly 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, not that I really care about Rotten Tomatoes um, or any any form of critics whatsoever. Um, <laughs> But I watched the first episode immediately hooked in the first five minutes. I was like, damn, yeah, this is I good. Haven't, I haven't watched Critical Role, so I, I know of it. That's that's about me. I mean, I know of Matt Mercer. I know of Critical Role. I even knew of the name Vox Machina. So that's when it it came across. Uh, when it came across the feed on on my computer, I'm like, oh my god, that is that the same Vox Machina? And of course, I click on it. Five minutes later, I'm like, yep, that's the same Vox Machina. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, I now need to watch all of these. Uh, so that is now on my watch list. That is, it's, it, I recommend it. It's, you know, it's very rated R. <laughs> would you, would you, uh, would you agree, um, Jason? Uh, very, oh, yeah. ra- very rated R for a cartoon. Um,
1: <laughs> very rated. I mean, the first, the first fucking episode in, inside the first five minutes has tits and ass.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: animated tits and ass.
2: T- t- animated tits, uh, and 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 yeah, uh, we could we could definitely go uh, a a long time without ever seeing the 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 silhouette of Gnome Balls, but uh, that that happens. Um, <clears throat> it's it's very fun. It's it's very it's 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 comedy. I love it. so that i mean that's part of the entertainment that i had i've been mostly absorbed in a game uh it was pretty much the same game uh until i beat that game uh so i mean if we were going to transition into game i mean you know since we don't do segues anymore go for it cool uh i hey I tried. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I finished ghosts a ghost of Sushima.
0: Sushima
2: I I finished that game. I love that game. That game, man. <sighs> that that game is it, it's art. It is very very. You waited good. so
0: fucking long to
2: play it. I know. I I played I play games when I'm when I'm fucking ready. I told you I wasn't going to play that game until I got a PS5. I got a PS5. It was the very first fucking game I played. Okay, so at least that you have to give me that, right? It was I mean, the and very And you first, finished it. And I finished it because I couldn't stop. Um, very very good game. Uh, I I know I'm basically two years late to the fucking party when i'm saying this but yes it's a, it is very very good game um i uh i don't know can we talk about the end can we talk I about mean, how
0: many years has it been it's about two years i think probably fun with that i'm sure
2: okay did you spare him no you didn't spare him
1: no jason did you, you spare him?
2: jason did you spare him
1: no, I gave him the death he
2: wanted. I, see, we all gave him the death we want, that he wanted. I thought that when I sat back and I said, okay.
0: He's a samurai.
2: At that moment, I would do him more dishonor by walking away than to just end it then.
0: Yeah, he's a samurai.
2: Like, Right. I mean, if he wanted to live. If he in, wanted to
0: inflict maximum shame. Like I felt like he had a lot of investment with him, right? Right. Like you need to. That's the culture. That's what they do, right? He wanted an honorable death. I didn't want to completely dishonor him, but it, He had some bad ideas, but
2: right. Game he's was still. He's he's still. I mean, he's still basically the father figure, right? Right. So, and
0: he wanted a, he wanted a, a battle death. So give it to him.
2: I mean, he was so stuck up. So stuck on the idea of uh, of the traditional samurai way that, you know, he couldn't even say no to an impossible order. And that ended up being what caused the fight at the end. So, yeah, no. If he wanted to, you know, he, he, if he wanted to live that way, he's going to die that way. And that was the way that I saw it. I was like, I sat there, I, you know, for about a half a second and I said, no, this fucker's getting it. He's, 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 he's getting what he deserves. Um, let's, he, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, the. I didn't do any DLC or anything like that when I I finished it, but I felt like the story wrapped up fairly neatly.
0: Yeah, it feels weird
2: to play something
0: extra after that story.
2: Right, after that moment. That moment is like the perfect samurai movie ending. Yeah. So it felt really weird to experience anything past that. So as soon as I finished that, I did the, I watched the cuts, you know, the, the end scene. I saw the little hut that he ends up in. And then I shut the game off and I was like, I'm not going to spoil that. This, this game is art up to this point. I'm not going to spoil that with an open ending. So, uh, to me, that game ended with that fight. Uh, and that is exactly how I'm going to remember. Um, that is a really good game um to the point where it really colored ex- you know anything that I played after it because the f- the fights in that game were so fluid uh and it just felt right like all the animations felt right um so i decided you know i i, I was trying to pick the next game i was going to play and I picked Final Fantasy VII Remake because I already had it downloaded and I needed to have something to play while uh, uh, Demon Souls was installing. So I started playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and man, I love Final Fantasy games. But after playing Ghosts and seeing how fluid the combat is there and playing Final Fantasy VII and it's kind of jerky... Um, it it's i started to bounce off of it i started to bounce off of final fantasy uh, off of a final fantasy game and if that if that makes anything i know final fantasy 7 remake beautiful reimagining of Midgard. it's it's really I,
0: f- I was and jason if you get a chance <clears throat> to play this too at some point like the so i know final fantasy really wanted to get away from basic turn-based combat And the one thing I have a hard time with, because I love fern base combat, by the way, Mm -hmm. is that it wants you to live switch between people and do their abilities. And I don't like that as much. No. And it wants you to combo off stuff, but it's not a devil may cry. And I'm at a point where I was telling Rusty, it's like, I got to a point the game tells you like, hey, this is the last mission, right? Go and power yourself up, grind, do whatever you want. And it gives you a whole bunch of side missions to do right before the end. So, it will let you know. And then I started doing the side missions, and I wasn't—I w- I, I had Dark Souls ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing Dark Souls, and then I put down Final Fantasy VII until further notice, because Dark
2: Souls combat's badass. See, that's—I uh, think what I need to do now is— I. I am at the point where I'm at the very first point in the game where you get three people in the party. It's so if um,
0: if if you're set on it, like it's definitely a good game, right? Like you should. Yeah. Like I got invested in the story, right. Um, and start plan and was liking it. Right. Um, but I just, again, I really wanted to play the dark souls or dark souls, demon souls remix. And, uh, Blue Point, or Blue Hole, or Blue Point, I can't remember, Blue something. It's the ones that did that. And they did an excellent, excellent job of uh, redoing that game. And I I barely mentioned it last week, but I finished that game.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, Now I have it, and it's installed. I wish the game was longer. Well, I started delaying
0: the end of the game and just powering shit up because I was like, I don't want to. My goal was to get to level 40 intelligence. And I was like, man, there's a lot of fucking souls. uh, I'm at, like, soul level 102 on my character. And I know there are guides to get to soul level 150 before you hit New Game Plus. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to beat the game. And at that point, my character was so fucking overpowered, like, the last boss was the easiest encounter I'd done in a very long time. Like, I was stupid overpowered. Like, it was on baby mode at that point.
2: Well... I, uh, I, you are one that actually has completed all of the Dark Souls games. It's so. So I want to say something about Souls games.
0: They have an undue reputation for being hard. The only ones that are the only Miyazaki games I think that are actually very hard are Bloodborne and Sekiro. I think the other games are very playable, and if you do like to grind a little bit, the combat's fun and it's easy to grind. Honestly. Like, I was telling Rusty this, like, my tips after playing Souls games for a very long time at this point, being one of my favorite franchises, I mean, I've got to praise the sun canvas in my fucking kitchen, um, is that you basically set goals in your head. What am I using my Souls for? Am I am I going to go get a bunch of items that I need to do upgrades? All right, so I'm going to grind until I get enough money for upgrades. And thank God in all the Souls games, the upgrades don't cost a lot. Really, the materials for the upgrades are what you got to find, and you kind of start to find the areas where things drop. And then you figure out what you need to do or how that run goes to get things to drop, and then you run that a few times, and you're like, all right, I got a mater- bunch of materials to level up these two weapons I really like. I'm going to go ahead and go level those up. All right, so I'm uh, probably not going to get more materials from this area that are going to upgrade this further. All right, time to go back to the leveling process or kind of mapping out this dungeon process. And then you kinda of go through and figure out the level with the idea of if I lose souls, I lose souls. But I'm mapping this area And now I'm in soul grind mode where I'm going to get souls to level my character up. You when you start to bash your head against a wall, that's when you know you gotta upgrade a weapon or you gotta upgrade your soul level to get the stats for the weapon that you like.
2: Or you gotta get good.
0: Yeah, the get good thing and the elitists that play souls games, like I'm not an amazing ARPG player, um, but I got the rhythm down pretty well. And I'm not. I would venture to say that both of you are better at both shooters and ARPGs than I am. I'm just very methodical. The thing that I am I've got is some crazy patience for stuff like like figuring out mechanics and the methodology behind stuff.
2: The the so I, I remember I remember my uh, my I I can't even tell you which game uh, which Souls game it is. There's a moth boss.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Souls one.
2: Okay. So um that was what broke me.
0: Yeah, were you doing it with melee build? Uh
2: I had I had a very shitty bow.
0: Okay, so shitty bow's not the way to do moth boss. Moth boss is a naked run build because you need a lot of stamina. So you put on enough armor to have some kind of damage reduction, but you want to get below like 25% so you get the god roll and you just you're not blocking, you just Fucking swinging when you get a chance, and the rest of it is fucking rolling all over the place to, you know, to finally take him out.
2: I, I, uh, I no. I, 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 and I remember that, was, that from
0: like probably almost 10 years ago.
2: Right. Well, I, I remember Moth Boss broke me. Uh, there was another boss that, uh, that was, I think it was in Dark Souls 1. Uh, this very cramped room, uh, and like big wide slashes, like, very fast boss. Um, I, I was almost uh, like a, a a demon that was like on all fours, just basically like fucking slashing all over the place. The,
0: the biggest tip um, I can give any newer souls player, right? When we're about to hit Elden Ring is sword and board, you get a shitload of stamina, a shitload of health and a shitload of strength. And you go straight strength build. You just stack strength, stamina and vitality. And that's and the problem.
2: I mean, for me, strength, you know, with that kind of a uh, with that kind of a mentality, that mindset, um, I bounced off of that moth boss because I didn't have anything that was ranged or could do any damage to it, uh, and I just couldn't work out the fucking and, mechanic.
0: And you like Monster Hunter, which I think is a harder game, honestly.
2: I uh, see Monster Hunter. I don't uh, see Monster Hunter for me is. It's it's gonna sound very fucking weird, but you know you learn the move set of the monster and then you react to it based off of how it moves. That's exactly what you do. With I, Dark Souls. I know, but for some reason, Dark Souls seem you know I to me it just is different Dude, enough.
0: Jason, you played Dark Souls one. Did you beat it?
1: Yeah, I beat it.
0: Do you remember what kind of build you
1: went? I went light and fast, I took the risks, I died a lot. Um Lots of leather armor and and just rolling with swords. I uh
2: I can't I can't say for sure what the fuck I was doing. The other thing about Dark Souls is that it doesn't hold you know, doesn't hold your hand as far as like you have to discover and explore, and the constant threat of just like falling over dead at any particular moment um, is is it's ever present. Uh, and of course, I went through the newbie traps that everybody fucking you know all Dark Souls noobs go through, like taking a left at the you know at the first you know bonfire. Uh, and going into where the skeletons are at the very beginning of the game,
0: and that's a and that's an area that you don't want to do until you've beat like five or six different areas before you go down there, right? And that area will fuck you up.
2: But there's also there's also things like, um, you know, I I, I guess maybe I'm not I wasn't in a mental state to actually play those games. Like for me, um. You look for gamification cues, and it's kind of ingrained to look for certain cues in games. Um, like the little yellow tinge in a freaking climbable fucking you know, uh, location. Oh yeah, or it doesn't do that. Like it in, does not.
0: In Demon's Souls, you push forward, mm-hmm. and if you can climb it, you will mount it. If you can't, you'll just run into the wall.
2: And you end up beating on fucking walls to see if they're illusionary, or... Uh, you know, see if there's, if you if, go down a fucking hallway, you go to the end of the hallway and you beat on that wall to see whether or not it actually is an illusionary door or whatnot. Honestly, it's worth,
0: I don't feel like it's cheating to watch other people play the boss mechanics to understand stuff. Right. But, like, easy, easy tips for Demon Souls. Magic is supremely overpowered. I didn't realize how overpowered it was. And I had run a magic character in a long time. And the magic class to use on Demon Souls is not Sorcerer, it's is royalty. royalty. And the reason is, is Royalty is a good... is You can play as a Sorcerer, but you can also... It already has the stats to use a lot of melee weapons. And so you can... Because when you start off that game, you're not going to have the magic pool to go pure magic in most cases. And even throughout most of the game, it was about... Sometimes... melee, 50% magic.
2: But Royalty starts with the ring that allows you to get uh, magic back. Yep.
0: And so you can anything, and it does magic in a way where you just lock onto a target and shoot, and as long as they're pretty close to where they were, the magic will hit them, which makes aiming magic pretty easy. Um, There's some other random tricks I figured out. Like if you have a bow, you can aim the bow at a spot, and as long as you're still looking there, you can switch the bow out for the wand, and now you can shoot your magic... At that same spot you're aiming, oh,
2: okay. so you can
0: snipe shit with magic sometimes, which is kind of crazy. And Then I got so good at sniping with understanding my where the cursor, where the middle of the screen was, that I would just snipe shit like no scope it with my magic. Um,
2: <laughs> magic okay. no scopes. Magic no scoping. Okay, uh, but if you want a good mix, it reminds me of the uh, of the monitors that have the you know the uh, the software crosshair in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to play it on broken mode like if you can get past the first boss and start to level up royalty and play a magic hybrid build that's fun but you do get a whole lot more weapons playing a melee build that are pretty cool
1: because you don't have
0: the stats to really do a lot of the weapons and like having a shield that has like 100% fire resist takes 22 strength which means you gotta invest in strength right um, and a lot of stuff like takes a certain amount of dexterity. So, like, I spread out my points a little bit heavy in some of the melee stuff, just so I'd have access to play with things. But, in the end, and my fucking magic, like, if you understand the damage numbers for a regular game, like, my magic's hitting for, like, five and six hundred, which is super stupid, unless you get the Dragonbone sword, which hits that hard, but it hits that hard very slowly, where my magic hits very quickly. So, like, you get a magic ring, you get a fucking weird head wrap, You get a uh, fucking Chris knife that you wield in your offhand with your wand, and you just fucking face roll shit. I did a... So there's a boss. There is one boss where you have to do a slight amount of PvP.
2: Yes, I heard about this one.
0: It's actually... It's either an NPC or a character, and it's like a 50-50 chance. And the character's going to be within 10 levels of you, so I face rolled the character pretty easy, to be honest with you. 'Cause he didn't realize I was also magic class. So what happens and the way you get the Mux head wraps, which is a magic boosting item, is to summon yourself in as the boss in that area, which is not that hard to do. And I it so what happened is the kid the person that was on the level that was moving up to that area mm-hmm. died in the hallway to the boss and I got the fucking head wrap.
2: Because
0: oh, <laughs> it summons you in once <clears throat> the character is <throat> within a certain distance of the room.
2: Mm, okay.
0: And then he died before he ever got to me, so I never had to mess with it. But when I beat him, I don't know if he just didn't understand my magic hit like a fucking dump truck, but like I fucking dump trucked him about three spells, and he just died. And I was like, okay, well, that was fun.
2: Uh, yeah, I've I read about or watched a video uh, about that one boss, and that's basically like, yes, you could play this uh play you the game play in off offline that. and it would uh spawn in a uh, uh a red spirit that kind of is an NPC. Uh but if you play it online, it's most likely going to be another player. Uh and you have to you have to you know get past that hurdle of you know PvP fighting just but, for that one boss.
0: If you if anybody <laughs> needs a good Souls player to watch that's entertaining, um called Fightin' Cowboy. Um, I've watched him off and on with Soul Shit for a very long time. He also does Neo. He does Monster Hunter too. Um, He's entertaining. He does a pretty good job of explaining stuff. He makes some crazy notes. And so, like, he plays through with his character, and then goes through and makes a whole fuck ton of notes, and then walks you through, essentially, a whole entire level, secrets and all, up to the boss with his build, which he usually does strength builds to start, because that's what most newer players play. And then he also likes magic builds, so he'll usually do like a magic run through after he's done his tutorial. But uh yeah, if you're ever curious, like strength build is what a lot of newer players play. Um and it can essentially show you the whole level. I think he's an excellent streamer.
2: Yeah. I I have seen a couple. Um I was looking at I was just watching some YouTube videos of uh of like what to do. Like those lists you know, those list videos of like ten things I wish I knew uh before I so, started playing. Dark um, Souls
0: is more forgiving than Demon Souls on a respec because there is no such thing as a respec with Demon Souls. You just you fucked up, well you're gonna level a little bit more and get some more points and now you just have your stuff more spread out. hmm But um and the fact there's no bonfire so you just run the whole a whole chunk of the level to get where you're at. But right. honestly after I played it a while like, you know, it's 30, 40 minutes worth of gameplay through that whole section, depending on how fast you are. The,
2: the other thing about, the other thing about... I got 60 th- hours
0: out of my first playthrough.
2: Right. Well, the I have to have, uh, I have to have something also that I can, s- you know, s- set the controller down for, um, uh, for a minute.
0: So look up how to pause it. So with the PS5 you can put it in like screenshot mode. Uh-huh. And it pauses the whole game.
2: Okay. Well, I need to figure something out because I know that you can't really pause uh pause these games. Um and that is and it's that's fine, but I don't always have uh uninterrupted attentions, you know, situations. So um, I, I tend to ooh shiny someplace else, uh, and I need the ability to pause. Um, so yep. I want to stop for
0: just a second though, cause I wanted to get to Jason. You said you'd been playing Valhalla, right? Yes. Yep. So how's that treating you so far? What are you planning on Xbox or where are you playing it?
1: Yeah, I'm playing it on Xbox. Crystal found, the uh, found the disc for me. Mm. So
0: Crystal found a deal so somewhere I'm and was like, mm. "How's
1: it? Uh, what you think so far?" This uh, is Assassin's know, yeah. Creed Valhalla, right? So yeah, Vikings yeah, Creed. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, Vikings Creed. Um, I'm only a uh, a few missions in because I've only put a couple of hours into it. So but I like it a lot so far. I-
0: I'm glad I didn't say what I was about to say. I will be
1: honest that a lot of the I don't know, maybe you saw this too. A lot of the uh, uh, graphics just look a little rough.
2: I think that's Xbox. I think that's, yeah.
0: I could show you a comparison of it on my Ubi account on my PC and you'll see what I mean. If I decide to install all one hundred and fifty gigs of it because it's fucking huge. Yeah, I
1: know. I am good. Thanks. Um, So on the Xbox, it looks a little rough, and that it's not um, detracting in any way. It's just something I noticed. Stop seeing because you know.
0: Does it run at a good frame rate?
1: Even on Xbox, Halo Infinite was so pretty.
0: Yeah, but does it does it Um, run pretty uh, smoothly? It runs well. Yeah they probably got it in a place where it would run at 60 fps on a on an Xbox. I the game looks really good on PC. It doesn't do ray tracing, but um it does do DLSS and I still think when I was playing it about a year ago, I had to run it in 2K to get it to run 60 fps because it just there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's
1: very That's probably the biggest thing is I'm I think it is running more in 2K, and I'm playing it on a full 4K TV. Well,
0: it's that, and it's probably upscaling from like 940P or something like that to make it actually work. Yeah, because Xbox, the Xbox One, right, was doing a lot of upscaling from like 940P. I think was like the magic number or something like that to get stuff yeah, running and I'm in playing 4K. Playing on a One S, right. Yeah, and so like I think it was doing that to make it run at 4K, so it wouldn't be running at like 20 frames per second.
2: Yeah, I don't know, I, I couldn't. Tell I mean, you. it
0: was the first thing I could do to get 4K. I remember, there was a point where I was like, I'm never going to be able to afford a graphics card, so I got the console that would do 4K, and you know that was how I was playing like I think it was Far Cry 4, I think was the one of the games I was playing on there. Maybe I don't know, but so. Um, I don't know how you're playing it, but don't treat it as much like an Assassin's Creed game as just a Viking simulator. And you can you can stealth all the shit you want, but you can totally just go balls the wall, dual axes and just be a Viking. I mean,
1: so far I have been a Viking, but like I said, I'm only a few missions in, so like right now I've got um uh just got the hidden blade like a mission and a half ago, so
0: yeah, it's going to open up. The, so that first area that you're in is teaching you some of the mechanics of the game. There's a whole lot to do once you get past that area. <clears throat> when you start to sail away, you will know that you've gotten to the end of that area.
2: Okay. Sail away. <laughs> um. I I wasn't going to go there. You, I, I'm I'm going to stop you now before you get in the, I guess get us in trouble. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I haven't played a uh, Assassin's Creed game in a long time. Um, I mean, if
0: you're going to ever start back up, um, origins, are, I have origins, origins and this one are both good Assassin's Creed games.
2: I have Origins. Uh, I
0: know a lot of people liked Odyssey. I think Odyssey went a little extra with the fluff quests. And that was, wow, I, f-
2: I didn't finish fucking Odyssey. Mm, yeah,
0: I, I wasn't as big a fan, but I feel like Valhalla and origins are like the best modern ones
2: yeah i was just I, looking through the ps4 games that uh you know that i've been loaned uh f- for years i don't even know who owns uh, who owns these. was it odyssey odyssey yeah uh, no not odyssey it was uh origins for ps4 that was a steelbook uh ps4 game yeah I'm
0: pretty sure i loaned that to you
2: okay well that
0: wasn't you was it jason no it wasn't
2: um uh i know you ended up giving you know uh giving me some ps4 games so um
0: it's probably me uh
2: yeah i've, I've got a few uh but that's it, yeah i'm going through some really old backlogs right now to uh you know uh, to play i got to tell you playing ps4 games on the ps5 is nice uh, cuz it definitely takes advantage of the speed um so that is that that, that is around but I have not really gotten into those since they changed the gameplay loop to be more like um, loot based you know style stuff where you loot different freaking weapons and shit um, I just remember seeing the the wow like color scheme for the loot drops and whatnot Uh, And for some reason, it just turned me off. So I haven't played one in a long, long time. But hopefully, you know,
0: yeah. And my personal opinion, and some people may disagree with me, but I say skip Odyssey, play Origins, and play uh, Valhalla. I'm I'm in a spot where I wasn't really in the headspace to play those games originally, and I got about seven eighths through Odyssey or through uh, Origins. Mm-hmm. And then I got about 3 quarters of the way through. I know those are very specific, but I feel like that's about how far it was. Um and oh. so when we don't have fucking metric fuck ton of shit to go through, um I may revisit those this year, but so far if you guys did notice like we've got so when you guys ever want to, I do really want to try Rainbow Six Extraction out, which is out on Game Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which I have installed and I've played the tutorial for. And I might be able to get somebody else to do it, but I've been looking for somebody. I don't feel like that's a single-player game. No. Um, But it is set for two to three people at a time, which is pretty cool. Um, So that's out and on Game Pass, and then it links to your Ubi account in a weird way and gives you the key to the game, and then it's just part of your Ubi account, I guess, as long as you have a Game Pass? I guess. I don't know. But that was a really weird experience because it wasn't listed in the new games, but it's listed in all their fucking teasers and shit. Uh And I clicked on it, and it's like, all right. Can mm-hmm. we open your UPlay account? Okay. Sure. You, are Microsoft. This is your platform. i I've already trusted you the shitload of passwords. So okay, let's 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 give it a shot. And uh, yeah, totally. Just let me put the game on my account without a lot of extras, which is fine. You know, Ubi and their extras can fuck off. But I've got that right. Um, and then like next Friday, um, I actually took Friday off because I got a Fucking million hours of paid time off I need to take. So... Must be nice. (laughs) We're gaming that evening, but before that, I'm going to grab Dying Light 2 and install that. And so I will have a little bit of that played before we do our next episode. But in the meantime, I'm like fucking... A whole body deep into Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, yeah? So, Monster Hunter Rise... Um, initially, <clears throat> so initially I was not impressed. Um, I'll tell you why. So it's a switch port, right? And it doesn't do a real good job of getting you set into your graphics options until you've like gone through a fuck ton of like cutscenes and shit like that. So it was running at uh, like 1080p inferior on my PC without <laughs> a lot of the different graphic settings set. For a very long time, like 45 minutes. And it was making me very angry. Because um, it wanted to go through 75,000 tutorials. And that's, you know, Monster Hunter's got so many different fucking systems. Well, yeah. And and that was really getting on my nerves. And then finally, finally, finally it let me save. Because you can't adjust your... Gra- there are certain graphics settings you have to adjust in game, which is weird. You can't adjust it from the main menu. I can't change the resolution from the main menu. You have to do it while you're in game. I was like, just let me add, lock in my FPS and set it at 4K and play this motherfucker. Like, I'm sick of seeing fucking jagged edges. I want to play this in fucking 4K. Fucking snob. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting really fucking
2: irritated at the game. You are yeah. such a goddamn graphic snob.
0: <laughs> if you got if you got the toys, I want to play them.
2: I I, I I'm saying that, but I'm a, I'd be the same way.
0: So finally, let me do that. Right I wants you to go through because it's you know it's. It's like Capcom's flagship game, right? Um, and then, you know, once I got into it, there's a lot of tutorializing that really annoyed me because I just wanted to
2: play. That's the way Monster Hunter is, though.
0: I remember. And, uh, like, it just wanted to go and go and go. So I struggled bust for the first two hours because it's two hours of tutorials. And then I just watched a couple of guides. And then I went through and played with the weapons to see how they're different. I didn't understand. There's I got this thing called Wire Bugs. Yep. And wire bugs allow you to do additional attacks and maneuverable maneuverable options while you're in a battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't really catch on to that initially. I didn't really quite understand it. And so I played a lot of different... I was like, I'm going to go longsword, that's typically what I do, or greatsword, which is what I typically do. And, or fucking gunlance. And I found I wasn't liking that very much. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something I haven't done at all. I'm going to try ranged. And so I tried... Heavy Bowgun.
2: Heavy Bowgun, yeah.
0: I went Heavy Bowgun, and it actually works pretty good with yeah. the fucking wires. Oh, yeah. With the wire bugs, gives you a whole level of maneuverability you didn't have before with Bowgun, which helps you get out of situations. But then, after playing Heavy Bowgun and destroying some monsters, I went Light Bowgun. And Light Bowgun is actually really fucking good in this game. It is consistent damage. All the time. I can kill things so much faster with a light bow gun than I can literally do any other
2: weapon. For me, it was heavy bow gun, pierce (laughs) ammo, hit the thickest part of the body, hit as many times as you possibly can. Heavy
0: bow gun does take a little bit of extra finesse because you can charge up most of your shots, Mm -hmm. which is great. But light bow gun, you just get within optimal range. And you can do this wire. this. So let me explain the wire bug. Mm Mm-hmm. You got this little moth thing that he throws up in the air and connects magical Spider Man web to and then reels himself up into the air. And one of the abilities with Light Bowgun is to get yourself, it's called Vault. Mm-hmm. If you vault up, you look down with your character. And if you're above the character and you hit the button to set your charge, you now plant charges on the monster. Oh, that's nice. So you vault over and plant a charge, get behind him, use Pierce ammo. And pierce from tail to snout, and then you're hitting an explosion somewhere in between. And then since you planted it on the monster, it's five explosions. You've got shrapnel ammo, which is like longer range shotgun, which mm-hmm. is great for clearing monsters around the the creature. Um, and it also sets off explosions because it hits them for. It's like a blunderbuss, basically. Right. Um, he's got shotgun ammo. I'm actually working my way towards a shotgun because I do like the shotgun builds. But I got a pierce build that I like a lot. Um, that is really good. Now, with the heavy bow gun, I've got a Wyvern ammo build, which the Wyvern ammo was like a charge shot kind of
2: thing. It was, yep.
0: And the one I have is a Gatling gun when I d- engage the special.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's And then normal. Yep.
0: when I down the creature, then I can try one of two things. It'll be a cluster bomb at a launch, or it'll be the Wyvern shot. So I've got five of these that he charges up super high and then does, like, fucking... Five minutes of damage in a second, um, which is fucking crazy, but yep. you have to get the creature in a spot where you can charge for like three seconds. Fucking
2: cluster bombs are, are, yeah, as soon as you get a fucking, you know, something knocked over, clusters are, are great, unless you are fight, uh, fighting that monster with a, a bunch of uh, longsword buddies. Because uh, longsword buddies get knocked over when they hit, you know, get hit by clusters. At least they did in World. But, um,
0: yeah, like, I was even watching a video of like builds and stuff like that with light bow gun apparently like the top weapon right now is still long sword mhm and then it goes like great sword mm-hmm. then light bow gun then bow then heavy bow gun but those are like huh. the top weapons right now and bow gun light bow gun was never a top weapon in world like no it, because it sucked. You, know, it, you got consistent ish damage but it was nowhere near heavy bowgun gun or bow. It, it was like bow, bow
2: gun was, you know, was more status status. Yeah.
0: And you've got bow guns that give you a shitload of status, but a lot of these guns, like there's a status gun with rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So you can paralyze a creature in a couple of volleys. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of like, even there's one that has like consistent normal shot rapid fire. And it hits like a fucking truck. Like because of the ability to stay on target all the time, because with, you know, any of the other weapons, right, you're always repositioning and then get in a position to strike and then you get it. And especially like Gunlance, like I still... At one point I was really fucking good at Gunlance. I fucking suck at Gunlance in this game. Most of the creatures I run into are really mobile and I think until I get to the bigger creatures, I'm not going to run as much Gunlance. Now you get to like a really big creature that's always attacking you in my face, maybe I'll go Gunlance because I'm going to have a shield with 100% block. But... Right now, man, it's fucking light bowgun. Then go all over the place with the fucking wirebug, and just fucking plant bombs on him and shoot him with pierce ammo. And it's, you know,
2: well, I, I know I spent most of my most of my time either going between uh, longsword if I was going to do melee, uh, or heavy bowgun. I tried bow. So you know barrel big, bombs, right? Yep. You can use the
0: vault maneuver to get above him. And drop barrel bombs right on top of them. Oh jeez! So like light bow gun is so versatile. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: <laughs> I've been thinking about it, but I remember. I also remember there was there was a uh, uh, a period of time where I put like 400 hours into worlds. Well, <laughs> this game would be around a while. Um. Yeah, th- that's one of those games that I I can come to. I've later. been.
0: It's been a podcast game for me. I literally just kind of rock out to it. It's like all right. So I got a couple hours. We'll listen to a podcast, turn the music on silent, and then just go do hunts, whatever I want to do, right? Yep. I'm I'm stuck on a rampage quest right now, so I just kind of tabled that started killing shit until I can upgrade my weapons.
2: Yeah. I I will probably eventually play Rise. I was not, you know, I was not like the very first person to actually play World when it came to PC. Um, And... That was mainly because at the time, I think, if I remember correctly, there was uh, some performance issues with World when it first came to PC, and I said, you know, I'm going to give it some time. Yeah, there's no performance issues with this. And after you really turn on all the
0: shinies, Mm -hmm. um, it looks pretty It looks very clean.
2: Oh, I've I've been watching some people play it. It, it, I was watching somebody play the, the... the YouTube guys that do uh, you, are you familiar with team dark side? No, uh, I'm not. they're the ones that do like the synchronized great sword, uh, uh, runs where they do. It's four guys, four great swords, and they go in and they kill like a, an apex, you know, uh, or one of the, um, uh, what? one of the elder dragons in like two minutes with like synchronized gameplay with a uh, great sword. It's there. It's something to watch, dude. It's yeah. Like that's synchronized. Great sword is awesome.
0: Great sword does give you those huge ass numbers. Like,
2: well, seeing four people doing synchronized attacks, knowing that it's four separate people and they've got the timing for the attacks down so well that they do the exact same thing at the exact same time. So, they will. You know they'll shoulder charge through a roar, uh, and then they'll have all of their their charge attacks all go off at the exact same time, and four great swords hitting the fucking boss at the exact same time knocks the fucking boss over. Yeah, it's probably like oh, it's nuts. Probably like two thousand damage <clears throat> or something crazy like that. It's it's just fun to watch, and uh, you know, so they do all kinds of shit like that. Um, great sword takes some getting used to. I got fairly used to it, and. In- world.
0: I'm nowhere near that level, but I got... But for, like, little monsters, it takes a lot of getting used to. For anything moving fast, it's like, alright, now I'm gonna draw my sword, I'm gonna move around with my sword sheathed, and now I'm gonna pull my sword out and attack, and then I'm gonna put it in sheath mode again, just so that I can get back in position, and then I'm gonna pull it out again to attack.
2: Yeah, these guys never leave attack a, mode.
0: And it's like... Yeah, like, that was always my experience with Greatsword.
2: Great sword for me... Um, I, I played heavy, Bogun. I just like
0: seeing the fucking big ass sword. That's all it is.
2: Yeah. I, I played heavy bowgun and I played great sword <laughs> when I finished playing, uh, world. Uh, and it was heavy bowgun at the, uh, at the time I was playing, the. I think it was Safajiva. I think it was, uh, or there was another big elder dragon that was, you know, that was like an event that happened. Uh, and you either needed to have a decent heavy bowgun player to break the wings, uh, and break the, uh, the back scales off of it. Uh, or you needed to have, uh, and you needed to have one great sword, uh, wielder that would attack just the tail, uh, and then, uh, would be doing the charge attack for the chest once the chest became vulnerable, um, there was a lot of, I was in groups that would do that, and then and I would talk to people and be like, "Hey, who's doing a great sword? Who's doing you know?" And if somebody's not doing a great sword, I would do it. Uh, but I was generally the person that would do heavy bow gun because I had, uh, I had a pierce build with uh, paralyze ammo, so I could actually do a couple different uh, status effects to the you know to the boss. It was it was very useful. Got the kills down to a, a, to a science. But yeah, I mean, I played a lot of monster Hunter world, so I was automatically, uh, automatically interested in rise. It's just, uh, there's other things that's on my plate. <laughs> so between final fantasy 14, which I'm going to keep up with, I have actually played a lot less of that game, um, recently and it's probably just going to be in maintenance mode, where I log in, do some you know, do some dailies, place you know, play some things with uh, with friends, um, but not like the last few months. Um, uh, Lost Ark is coming out really soon. Um, pro, uh, was it in about a week? I think it is. Um, a little over a week. Uh, so Lost Ark was you know is something that I've already got you know it's bought and paid for. Uh, I got one of the Founders Packs, so I'm going to play that a little bit.
0: That really comes out next week, too? Uh,
2: Not next week. I want to say it's uh, not next Tuesday, but the week after. Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, I figured you'd know that right off the top of your head.
2: Uh, The dates changed um, a little bit. So I had to actually have to look uh and of course why does this have to do this the um am the date for this is it's February 11th but you get Three days early access for the Founders Pack, so that would make it February eighth. So not next week, but the week after. But it's very soon. Uh, Lost Ark is definitely, uh, uh, you know, definitely on the radar. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to like it as much as I thought I would like it. Uh, just from my playtime during the beta, I wasn't overly overly wowed with the game uh, and I understand now that it is even more grindy than Final Fantasy 14 is uh, in a very basic way whereas you can go in Final Fantasy 14 it doesn't really require you to no life the game I just no life because that was my choice but um, whereas Lost Ark to really progress at a decent rate you kind of have to play alts and that means that not only do you have dailies for your main character but you have dailies for six fucking alts that you have to do every day and that mm, I, i'm not sure if I'm ready for that kind of commitment um <laughs> so uh I I'm not an (laughs) altaholic, so uh, that kind of thing could turn me away from that game. I'm going to give it a try because, fuck, I've already put put money down on it, so why wouldn't I? Um, But it'll probably be an on-off style game for me. Um, It won't be my main game. Uh, Of course, uh, Dying Light 2 coming out that's going to be a big thing for me. Uh, there's a few others that I'm, I've, I've been kind of keeping my, keeping my eyes on, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of game coming out really soon. I do want to play some extraction. Uh, I'll watch some videos on that. Uh, but I just need to, uh, be in the headspace for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I would, well, like I said, I played the tutorial and I was like, this feels like it would be really great with communication. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the fact that when I was ha- when I had a shotgun, I was blowing. You get an oper- the ability to see through a wall essentially, an outline. And I literally took my shotgun. and was like, "Fuck it, I'm getting out of this level." And so I just shot a hole through the wall and capped the fucking alien through the fucking wall.
2: Yeah, and I was like, "That was neat." The um the idea that uh, if one of the operators goes down, you have to go back and actually rescue the op uh, operator. Um, so whoever was playing that operator wouldn't have access to that operator until they're, uh, until they're rescued. Uh, that's interesting. Um, it being a PVE game that basically takes all of the, you know, all the best bits from siege, uh, and puts it into a PVE style game that, that appeals to me. Um, I just don't know how, uh, if it requires a fuckload of time investment, there's not a whole lot of time that you and I are, you know, coincide in you know as far as uh, game time we, is concerned. We, so say so you can always set
0: up TJ, who's three hours behind us, right? You're literally up till like one or two in the morning our time.
2: Yeah, it's it's just uh you know with co op games, I want to be able to have my experience and not necessarily feel like. Um, I want to, I want to accomplish something in a short period of time, and I'm not sure if the extraction gameplay loop allows for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I guess we find out. Um, um do we need
2: to do a break? I think it's time for a break. All right, we'll be back.
0: To, uh, pass the news section off to Jason to get us started. Yeah, Jason. Woo!
1: <laughs> this um, guy. Right? I, I'm trying to pump myself up because I'm so tired. Come on! Uh, first thing on, on the dock is the Steam Deck.
2: Oh, um, miniature computers in your hands. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. So, uh, announced just a couple of days ago on the 26th, uh, Valve finally released a uh, ship it, shipping date for the Steam Deck.
2: Oh my god. Um,
1: it'll be here on February 25th. Um, what they're going to be doing is sending out um, order emails in batches to reservation holders um, and... Customers will have seventy-two hours from the receipt of their order email uh, to finalize their purchase before their reservation is released to the next person in the queue.
2: Oh, they're doing uh, the queue thing, huh? Okay.
1: Well, I mean, you think about <clears throat> uh, chip shortages, etc. I mean, they've probably got a limited quantity to start shipping, right?
2: Well, so, you okay? All right. So, uh, but. Say you are I don't know i I think it's i I guess they're trying to do it as fair as possible, i guess yep um uh, I don't know um the uh it, it just seems like if you've already kind of like put your name in the hat uh, and, and you should you should get one and not have the opportunity to. Fail to get one because you didn't check your email every, you know, every day. Um, that's just me, I guess. But then again, I really don't have anything to say about the Steam Deck because I didn't order one, yeah. uh,
1: Also, if you've been, if you've had one of these reserved, I mean, you've been waiting for this, you've been checking their site and your email probably every couple of days for the last several months. Uh,
2: maybe um, if 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 you i if you're into that type of thing, but I'll I'll yeah. tell you right now.
1: Probably the biggest part of the release though. Shipping costs are included in the final price of your Steam deck. So it's the subscription to Amazon Prime. Huh? right,
0: right? <laughs>
2: Uh um, yeah, a lot of people are used to free shipping. Even my Etsy mugs were free shipping. Um I I yeah my, my bag balm was free. Um uh <laughs> free shipping. Uh that's that's it's just that you just expect it now.
0: Um I think with the frequency of people ordering stuff off the internet at
2: this point, um
0: has created a almost an expectation for free shipping on a lot of shit.
2: Well I mean it's, Specifically, if you're ordering something that's premium, or you're paying a premium service. Yeah, for this, it.
0: how much is a Steam Deck? Does anybody know? I um,
2: forgot. Yeah, I've slipped. Like Four hundred the... bucks or something like that. That's that's the thing. Um, yeah. th- that's the thing. If uh, I, and I was in the uh, uh, in the queue for a uh, a 3080 card. Remember, um, that. So much time had gone by that I wasn't checking my email every day to, yes. uh, you know, to see whether or not that was coming in. I just happened to have found it.
0: Yeah, the, the Steam Deck is not necessarily cheap. So the 64 gig version is 399 The 256 gig version is 529 And the 512 gig version is 649 So it's not a real cheap thing. I uh, I feel like it will be pretty cool that I would use six times a year, so like I can I can go without playing games every now and then. Um if I was there was a point where for work, remember I was traveling a decent amount. Mm-hmm. That would have made a lot of sense. Um, but I'm very much kinda not wanting to travel for because I gotta find somebody to watch my dog and it's not real reliable.
2: See, Steam Deck would be for for what you're spending for the Steam Deck basically <laughs> you know, for the top-end Steam Deck right there. um,
0: <clears throat> You're you're somebody who travels a lot, right? Maybe you're in an RV or something like that. Well, not even an RV. Let's say you're a trucker, right? Mm-hmm. And you're always traveling cross-country or sleeping in a truck or something like that or you're deep-sea fishing or something where you are gone from a long place and it doesn't make a lot of sense to have a PC but you like PC gaming. Makes a lot of sense. Same thing with the Switch, right? Like, I'm in a spot where I'm going to have A lot, maybe I live in a big city and I spend two hours a day on a train. Yeah, I'd probably want a Steam Deck. Maybe not. I don't want to ride the train, maybe I'm going to get rubbed. Um, Right. But I've heard that from like the bigger podcasts, the people that ride the train and are playing their Switch or whatever, right? Talking about these portable machines. But for a dude that works at home, I have zero. And I'll be honest with you, I thought at some point, like, yeah, I'll have some downtime from time to time. I might be able to play a portable system. Take a break. Nope, I am busy. I stay late half the time. Like, uh, I have no. I just go in the other room, and play them on my
2: computer when mm-hmm. I'm done with work. Right. And, <laughs> so, and for okay. you know, for what you're spending for the Steam Deck, from from my point of view, um, you probably just be better off getting a gaming, you know, gaming laptop because you're going to get more power out of it, more storage, uh, you know, better control of things, probably better performance, uh, and you can do it for more than just gaming. Uh, so I mean, it, it has niche use cases and I think that people are just buying tech because it's tech, uh, you know, with, with that, uh, then again, I'm not big, uh, you know, big on the portable systems either. I've got a switch. I I never use it because again, I am never like too far away from my PC or, you know, now my PS4. So, uh, so I really don't have a use case for portable gaming systems.
0: But speaking of Steam, just to wedge this in, um, if you miss stuff on the Christmas sale, Lunar Sale goes through February 3rd right now um, at 10 a.m. Pacific time, which is next Thursday. Yeah. So if there's anything you're looking to pick up on the cheap that you miss, um, I keep kicking myself because I keep not buying Saints and Sinners Walking Dead VR. Um, I may finally pick that up, but... I think so. Green Man is also doing a lunar sale. So I think they have it slightly cheaper and it's a Steam key. But um, check both platforms. Like Green Man is a legit key seller that's not screwy. <laughs> Just pay attention to the platform it's on, right? There are sometimes it'll say like Ubi or sometimes it'll say. Um Bethesda, right, I think what did you get Doom on it? Oh
2: god, I get I got the Doom key on the fucking Bethesda launcher and it sucked balls and I really wish I had gotten it for fucking Steam, but Steam was like five dollars more <laughs> and I because I was too goddamn cheap to do that, I had to deal with the fucking Bethesda launcher. Super so pissed about it. I
0: would say if you're uh <laughs> Yeah, it's not on sale. If you're looking for some super zombie survival, you ought to check out a uh, Project Zomboid. It has shot to the top of the charts. So I'm just going to kind of throw this out there as a weird random thing. Okay, I talked about it a little bit during the break as um, something I was playing off and on. There's a shitload of systems in that game, even to the point of like creating your own like um, like town essentially. But there is a super grindy game um, that could <laughs> Give you a shitload of hours of gameplay if you're looking for something super y. but down to the calories you eat, down to the way that your wound was created, um, down to individual tools for different types of tasks. Like it is, the inventory size on that game of all the different items they have in that game is enormous. Um, it is a very deep game, and it's co-op right now, and there's a lot of mods for it. But uh yeah. It shot from probably about three or four thousand reviews before Christmas to about fifty eight thousand reviews. Um, so wanna be in one of the top played games in Steam period <laughs> last year. Okay. Um, with concurrent like I wanna say fifty thousand concurrent players for two and a half months. Like there's a fuck lot of people playing. It. It's a twenty dollar game. It's in it's early Access, basically, it's done. Like, I think they might add some more story or something to it, or maybe add an additional mechanic, but, like, it's basically done. But it's an Early Access title from a very small team that's been in development for nine years Um, that's basically there. If if you're into a zombie, if you're into survival before the zombie, the zombies aside, but um, the survival thing is pretty intense with in that game. It's one of the better survival games.
1: Um, anyways, back to you, Jason. Then uh, the other fairly big news piece I saw that wasn't just rumors uh, is Lucas Arts and Electron or Lucasfilm and Electronic Arts announced a couple days ago as well that uh, Respawn, the studio behind Jedi Fallen Order, uh, is currently working on three new games in the Star Wars universe uh, yeah yeah they didn't confirm titles um but one is a uh first person shooter uh one is a strategy game and the third one is the next title in the Jedi franchise
2: okay a strategy so, game a Star Wars strategy game. How do you how do you feel about that? Huh? Thinking like Star Wars strategy, like XCOM strategy, or uh, I mean, as
1: long as it's not another Empire at War, I'm good.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Um, the Star Wars first person shooter, if it's a single player game, that would be kind of neat. Uh, it's probably not going to be another Battlefront. Um, just from what I've seen, they're not going to do another Battlefront right away. Um, so the so if it's a single player, uh, single player, first person shooter style game, I could definitely get down with that. Like I like the idea behind a first person shooter for uh, for Star Wars because who, who doesn't like shooting laser rifles? Um, but, you know, I I wasn't big on the whole, like, you know, know, Battlefront was all right to me. It wasn't great, right? (laughs) So, um, it reminded me a lot, uh, uh, it reminded me too much like, uh, uh, Call of Duty and I was already kind of burned out on that, you know, that aspect. So I was like, okay, fuck this shit, done with it. But more Star Wars games, as long as they're quality. Because man, some of them are really shit. Um, uh, yes, as long as they're quality, and if it's respawn that's doing it all, maybe we get decent quality out of it. So,
0: yeah, I'm just the last Star Wars game was pretty damn good. So let's well, what,
2: let's see what else comes out. The last Star Wars game was pretty good, but it was also fairly simplistic for what it was. Yeah. Um, I want. M- more of that like deeper system maybe would be nice more story would be great uh uh them stepping out of the fucking box and actually you know and, and actually creating new canon would be fucking fantastic um all all of that uh, all that stuff needs to happen right so <coughs> uh, we'll see we'll see I'm uh, cautiously optimistic
1: What else we got, guys? Um, uh,
2: Jason? Are you awake?
1: I'm not really seeing anything else.
2: Um I I also kind of agree. It's fairly news light. Um, there's some stuff I don't know if you guys have actually you know looked into the Uh, NFT bullshit, but, um, there's more, uh, there's, there's more traction in, you know, game developers to kind of push towards adding NFTs into games, uh, which is basically just, it's, it's a thing that I wish didn't happen. Um,
0: I was actually going to elaborate on that. I actually have a full story pulled up. Okay, cool. So, Ubi exec has been defending NFTs saying that players just don't get it.
2: I, and and he's probably right. A lot of, you know, a lot of gamers probably, uh, probably myself included because I only know, you know, I only know that I'm kind of against the idea of it. Um So
0: they were saying that they want you to earn NFTs in your ga- in their games and resell them. Okay. Um hmm. So there was a large negative response to stalker talking about potentially doing nfts and he said well people just still don't get it he's like there's a secondary digital market for it but however the internal like uh message boards at ubi i guess this reporter it's uh the name of the place i'm getting this from is called video games chronicle okay um was saying that a lot of the staff was extremely frustrated with the idea of adding nfts yes yes Um, so essentially some of the things that were being said is, uh, let me get to that. Um, I still don't really understand the problem being solved here. Is it really worth the extremely negative publicity that it'll cause? Right. How can you look at a private property, speculation, artificial scarcity and egoism and say, yes, this is good. I want that. Let's put it in art. And these are straight from their internal message boards. Um, but so there was a, so. The end of this says, despite the apparent surge in NFT schemes, a recent GDC survey of over twenty seven hundred game developers showed that seventy percent have no interest in implementing NFTs in their game.
2: Seventy percent say they do not want to or no interest developers, in Developers,
0: yeah, but it's just Ubi right now, which
2: So, so there's Ubi,
0: Sega, and uh Konami and Atari right okay. are the big ones that are thinking about it.
2: And the uh the other things were you know nfts were talked about in square enix as well because that was when this became a thing like this was talked about for the last month or two um that that it's a possibility for uh, game developers to put this into their games and this would be a uh, secondary revenue source so for instance Uh, They're creating artificial scarcity of a digital item that, you know, that can be earned by a player and resold with a kickback from the sale going to uh, going to the developer. So the developer is creating out of thin air free money. Um, And this would increase profitability of the game by, you know, allowing these sale items to happen. Uh, And it allows uh, players to gain real world money for playing a game, play to earn. Uh, And uh, I'm sitting back and looking at this entire fucking thing and saying, didn't Blizzard do that? Didn't Blizzard do that when Diablo 3 came out or Diablo 2 came out? Diablo, that was Diablo 3 Diablo 3 with the real money auction house that exact fucking thing happened with Diablo 3's real money auction house it died uh, 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 it died and it needed to die very fast um, the the items that dropped arguably were unique items uh, where nfts are unique you know, uniquely coded items from a game that has a non fungible, uh, code to it. So it is basically unique to that specific drop. Uh, so you can equate it to the same kind of thing that happened with the real money auction house with, uh, with Diablo, uh, and real money people, you know, real money was spent players bought real, you know, items, from the game in that particular situation, it was real money was for power or progression in that game. Uh, And the developers had, uh, you know, had built the game in such a way that, you know, if you were playing a, you know, uh, a sorcerer's class, uh, you would not necessarily get sorcerer's items. And you had to go to uh, to the auction house to actually get the items that you needed by selling the items from other classes that, you know, that dropped in your game. Uh, So you were uh, so there was a could be an artificial way to shuffle people towards that service and to encourage people to spend money in that service, which, of course, Blizzard got a kickback from that. Every soul, uh every sale had a kickback.
0: Yeah, and then what they're probably doing is saying that oh well, there might be some people that wouldn't normally play our game, play this game to earn NFTs to get money, which is not the loop that I want to see propagated.
2: Well, the, the thing is, is if you uh, extrapolate out and say you're not you know you're not buying anything that you know gets power. For instance, in Final Fantasy fourteen, you could get um, mounts or. Um, or uh, cosmetic items or, you know, things of that nature. They don't provide power in the game. They just provide a, you know, a, a way to augment your character uh, visually or have a, be a status symbol or something like that um, that, you know, could be assigned as an, as an NFT. Um, but you would have a subset of players that would play the game just for those drops. They wouldn't play the game for anything else. They would play the game just for those drops. They would make a small business out of actually farming those drops and selling it. And you're now playing a game for income. Uh, And that is, that crosses a line for me because when I play a game, I don't want to think about that game as a job. (laughs) That's the whole reason.
0: That brings me back to the late '90s, early 2000s, when Diablo first became a thing, right? And I had an uncle that sold items on eBay that he got in Diablo,
2: Diablo two. You know, the Diablo uh, two, you know, black market auction house. Uh, I remember that.
0: Yeah, and Um, this is so. This was his weird ass fucking job was. He was unemployed, and this is what he was doing, was playing a shitload of Diablo. And I never played it to sell shit on eBay, but I just played it. And I was like, what are you doing?
2: People pay money for this? Yes.
0: I was like, yeah, I'm just going to play the game.
2: Full rune sets used to go for fucking real money. I remember uh, uh, a full rune set of, you know, or a full... Like a full set of runes and a full set of gear used to, you know, used to be crafted together. And then you could sell that for like fucking two or three hundred dollars because they had like a zero point one percent chance to drop. And, you know, and that was craziness.
0: My family, this person was playing Diablo like 10 hours a day and he was making about 600 bucks a week. Right. And that was his job, which was like this is so fucking
2: dumb. It, it it's that is the thing that like, was we what made I wanted the same to get money. away from.
0: We made the same amount of money. With me being in college, working part time, and doing web pages on top of that, mm-hmm. and going to school and playing video games that I played for fun, he did as a full time job and made close to the same amount of money. He made a little bit more than I did, mm-hmm. but like it seems super soul-sucking
2: and dumb it it really does and it kind of you know and and when you think of it when you think of it like chinese farmers you know chinese gold farmers that's just like the meme name for it but it's not necessarily just chinese people no initially Um, that
0: was world of warcraft yeah it was uh people playing super grindy things to make gold to sell you gold right message and they'd be like do you want so much gold for like thirty bucks?
2: Right, exactly. That I mean, that's that's the thing. The black market still exists. This is a way for you know for the um, uh, for the developers to actually control that market, and in that way, uh, they've already put into the terms of service that uh, you know in most games that illegal gold selling is illegal because it's you know it's against the terms of service for those games. But if the, uh, uh, but it's okay if the developer actually builds it into the game, right? Um, and that goes into, like, the whole WoW token thing, or the, uh, uh, or the, uh, the EVE Plex fucking tokens where you could buy, you know, in-game, you know, ISK for fucking, uh, you know, real-world game time codes and shit like that. Uh, and people engage in that. You know, there's people who will buy power that way, uh... No matter how much you uh, you look at it, it's not going to be a good thing if NFTs actually get, uh, you know, put into a game because there's going to be a, uh, a subset that will take that as a income opportunity and that will be their entire life. Uh, and there will be people who will take advantage of that, you know, you know of that system. Not to mention that it's obviously a cash grab because developers who build that into their games obviously are getting a kickback off of something that was randomly and digitally created and <sighs> didn't take any fucking effort out of the you know you know from their team outside of the uh the initial build of the system an algorithm created the code and they're gonna get you know they're gonna get paid off of it. I don't like that at all.
0: All right, well, do we have anything else?
2: I don't um no i'm I don't at all and I, I know that I would really like to actually get to uh playing some games tonight, so well, Jason, where can you find us?
1: Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe.
0: Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got NoQuarters.net. BMFCast.com and TVGP.TV. They play Soul Style Games. And with that, is the end of the show. All right. Peace. <laughs>